0: When I first started out, a couple of my managers told me I was the worst hire they ever had. And I didn't deserve to be in this company. And they wanted to tell my CEO that I should be fired. I was distraught. I remember crying in bed, thinking I needed to quit, but thinking I was going to let so many people down because they trusted me and gave me that job. And I wanted to prove them wrong. That was the trigger.
1: plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hey, all listeners of the Selling with Love podcast, just wanted to make a quick announcement. I will be running a Selling with Love challenge. This will be a three-day challenge event where i will be teaching the concepts of selling with love from how to remove all your sales blocks to understanding how to sell with love by completing your sales map as well as presenting the simple sales process that you can start to apply whether you're just getting started or you're looking to get to that next level in the way you sell in a way that uses none of those gimmicks and does it in a way that is authentic in alliance with your values you can sell from a place of love and it is a beautiful thing to do and during the challenge which is absolutely free is going to teach you all of that it starts on wednesday 10 a.m eastern time so go into the show notes you'll see that there's a link for you to sign up but if you want to have more details you can always go to sellingwithlove.com you'll see that there's a link at the top for challenge and you'll get all the details there i hope to see you at the challenge and for today, please enjoy this episode, which was recorded back when it was Superhumans at Work with Marisha Lakiani, who talks about all the wonderful marketing and sales that happen at Mind Valley, which I believe do it from a place of wonderful love, which is why it is always a pleasure to associate myself with that company. So enjoy the podcast and don't forget to subscribe to this challenge. It's going to be fantastic. Hi everybody, welcome back to Superhumans at Work. This is your host, Jason Mark Campbell. And today we have another special episode where I wanna highlight an incredible individual that's part of the Mind Valley team. And before we get to that, I do wanna make sure for everybody listening, if this is your first time tuning in to Superhumans at Work, make sure you hit that subscribe button, whether you're listening on Apple, Spotify, or any other of these streaming services. And for those of you who are Apple users on Apple Podcasts, do take the time to leave us a review. When you do so, we get to have so many more people discover the podcast being able to get these amazing ideas into their lives. And it really gives us the feedback to bring you even more guests that speak about the topics that you're truly interested in. So we appreciate every single one of your feedbacks. And with that, the person I'm bringing to you today, Marisha Lakiani is the head of marketing at Mindvalley. She's the head of the digital marketing arm, and she's been doing wonders since I had a chance to meet her when she joined the Mindvalley team. If those of you are not familiar with Mind Valley at this point, it is a 100 million plus revenue business. And she is the head managing most of the activities that are happening there with teams talking about social media, talking about advertising, talking about product launch strategies, and so much more. And she's going to be here to share a bit of her background, a bit of her ideas, and what makes her such a superstar within the workplace. Matter of fact, in 2019 and 2020, she was voted the most valuable player, the MVP of Mind Valley. And this is by other colleagues of hers and it's not by coincidence is because she is truly a rock star. It's a pleasure to have Marisha joining us on the team. Marisha, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. I love that introduction.
1: Well, it's my job to make sure that I make people recognize the glamour, the gloriousness and all the epic stuff that you've been doing. So, give us a bit of background. Like how long have you been at Mind Valley now?
0: So, I've been in Mind Valley for 3 years now. I started off doing product launches. I started off at the bottom of the bottom doing product launches, learning the marketing, the tricks, the triggers, behavioral psychology, all of that kind of stuff. And then working my way to the top. So I think what helped me stand out was the fact that I was always coming up with ideas. There was never a shortage of ideas. And in fact, we had an award ceremony last night and I won rapid innovator and I won visionary leader again. (laughs) So I think that's what really makes me stand out in the organization. It's always trying to connect the dots between different things and figure out how to innovate, how to make things better, how to make things more efficient, always questioning the status quo. So that's how it all started. And then I went from to being head of product marketing, then head of marketing, and now I'm interim CMO. So that's pretty exciting.
1: It is exciting. And it's funny because I actually started as well, just like you, I started on the product launch team. And so it begs me the question, what was the first thing you had to launch within Mind Valley, And what were your feelings around joining the organization and having to launch such a product? Because it's not the typical industry industry that most people get into, like information marketing and personal growth. So what did you have to launch and what was your experience launching it?
0: So I had to launch Marissa Pierce Uncompromised Live. And I honestly was so confused. It took me three months to figure out what my role actually was. And when I first started out, something really, really personal that I'll share with you. But when I first started out, a couple of my managers told me I was the worst hire they ever had. And I didn't deserve to be in this company. And they wanted to tell my CEO that I should be fired. So I was distraught I remember crying in bed thinking I needed to quit but thinking I was going to let so many people down because they trusted me and gave me that job and I wanted to prove them wrong that was the trigger and I just started learning I got obsessed with learning at that point it wasn't so much about person. I mean personal growth yes but I've always been very intuitive and into personal growth and trying to be a better person but really learning about marketing and trying to connect the dots between the science of it and the art of it. Because what we do in marketing is a mix of science and art. And when you understand both of them and you blend them together, it just makes magic. So I got obsessed with marketing. I started learning, reading every single book, every single podcast, and that's what happened. I just got better and better and better.
1: I love it. Now, you talk about this art and the science of marketing. I'd love to kind of dig deeper into that because I think it's super fascinating. And for those listening, I know there are fans of Marissa Peer on the call here. So if you are, if you have ever went through uncompromised life, you know that Marissa has spent some effort making sure that people get to access this product, discover it, which comes from this art and science around marketing. So let's start with the science. When you talk about the science of marketing, how do you define that part? And what happens when people don't embrace that science side of marketing?
0: So I think the more holistic marketing is the mix, the blender of art and science. And the science of it is the actual psychological triggers. What triggers human beings? What triggers their emotions? How can you get them to convert in certain ways? How do you build likability without actually even opening your mouth? There are so many things based on human behavior and human psychology. There's countless studies on the web. I think someone that I follow and revere a lot is Nick Colenda. I don't know if you've read his books, if you heard his podcast, if you heard his material. He talks about it super well, and that's what we kind of embed in our marketing. So for example, like no one can see, but I'm wearing a red shirt. This alone will increase likability of whoever's watching this podcast. And we do this with Vision as well. So we make Vision wear red on advertising because that increases the conversion rate of the banner because red, it builds authority, likability, sexual appeal. So all of these kind of stuff as opposed to other colors like black and gray, which do not have those kind of superpowers.
1: So hold on, I need to interrupt you there. For those who are watching or just listening, I'm wearing blue. What can you tell me about the blue?
0: The blue is more social, it's more friendly. So for a podcast host, it's great because it actually makes me super comfortable because that's why if you look at Facebook, Facebook, their dominant color is blue because it's more about social connect. It's more about friendliness, warmth, that kind of stuff. For a host, that color is great. For someone new joining the podcast and that no one knows, red is a great color.
1: That's amazing. And you speak of Facebook, but let's even go beyond. You look at Twitter, you looked at LinkedIn, and they all have the color blue. It's actually quite fascinating to see. It's just that little thing that people think is an art, but here you're saying there's science behind it. You see that these little triggers make a huge impact. So I sorry I had to cut in, but at this point, you are constantly learning, you're constantly studying. And we need to put a link to this podcast in the show notes for those who want to go and study more from this person that you've had a chance to study. And so I want to let you continue down this path. What else have you been seeing in this science of marketing?
0: That's basically how we optimize everything that we do. So art is one part, but majority of what I do is science. I study a lot of research papers. I study a lot of people that bring science and data and numbers and behavioral psychology into this. So for example, the countdown timer that we use on sales pages, the countdown timer is psychology. It triggers the urgency. It makes you fear losing the deal as opposed to gaining the product, which is human behavior. The fear of losing something outweighs the fear of gaining something. So for example, if you saw a sale like Black Friday, you know the deal is going to end. That's why it triggers you to buy more. It's not about actually acquiring the product. It's just about losing the discount. That's the kind of stuff that we embed in our marketing, which is what fascinates me. I don't get excited about the creative aspect much. Like, for example, we create a lot of trailers. There's so much art into the trailer, so much storytelling. And I don't get excited about that as much as I get excited about the science behind it. So, for example, how do you open a trailer? What is the first, second hook that you're going to introduce? How do you end the trailer? Like, how do you craft the CTA to trigger emotion, to trigger action? That is the part I get excited about.
1: I see. And I'm just going to elaborate for the people listening in when she mentioned the word CTA stands for call to action, which is kind of what do you put in place that makes people take an action on the piece of advertising or the piece of content that exists there that slowly leads people closer to becoming a customer or a client of Mind Valley. Now, you know, Marisha, that for me, I'm a big advocate for sales. I'm even writing the book on selling with love. And so I'm always loving to ask the question, which is, a lot of people look at this and they think it's manipulative. What do you typically say to people when they tell you, oh my God, this countdown timer? Like, is it true? Is this manipulative? How do you justify it for yourself?
0: That's what they ask marketers a lot. Is it manipulative? Actually, I don't think it is. It is if I'm trying to get you to buy something that you don't need or you don't want, or it's not going to make your life better. But I think with Mind Valley, if you see the customer stories that we have, I mean, it's transformational. I actually do every single program that I sell. So I wouldn't push something down someone's throat if I genuinely didn't believe this was going to impact their life. Like take you well, a compromised life, well fit, life book, rapid transformational hypnotherapy, all of those quests I have done myself and I've seen transformations for myself. And what I'm telling you on the sales page is exactly what you're going to experience. There is no lie, there's no fabrication. Now, if you choose to buy it, here's a discount for you. If you choose not to buy it, that is all good. All I want you to do is make the best decision and the best decision will only come when you actually try it. So I think my case here is that if you buy it now at this discount, you'll get a discount. On top of that, you'll get to try the product. You also have a 15-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't like it, return it. There's no problem here. But at least you get to try it. I'm so convinced that when you try it, you're going to be hooked. That's the most important thing. So it comes with anything. Like, I mean, I bought this podcast, Mike. At the end of the day, there was a discount. They were trying to sell me on the offer. I got excited. I bought it. But I see the value. I'm talking to you right now. And my sound is perfect. So... (laughs) So with everything, there is a value.
1: A hundred percent. And your words are like music to my ears. And this is really it. I think a lot of people forget if I think of the times that I want to go to the gym, like I need to sell myself to the gym and making those higher power decisions sometimes needs a little pushing and I'm very comfortable with making that push. And I know at Valley, we've always made that push, which allowed us to scale and now look in the transformations that we get to do to the masses is really, really important. to get 50% off. That's code SELLINGWITHLOVE50 at factormeals.com slash SELLINGWITHLOVE50 and you'll get 50% off. Not bad. So now I want to dig more into you. Like, So you've went through a lot of quests. Do you have any favorite quests and do you have any stories of transformation for yourself?
0: Uncompromised life, duality. I've done that. I've done life book. So I can tell you some really cool stories. Life book. When I wrote that, I was finishing chapter by chapter. And I had this one thing about me that I have a lot of clarity. I know exactly what I want, when I want it, how I want it. I just see things very clear. And that's what Ezekiel, like he used to be CHRO of Valley back then. That's what he noticed in me as well. And he said that something that you have is just clarity. So while doing my life book, something that I wrote down is that I want to buy my own place. I just want to buy my own place. I had no idea how. I don't have the money, but I just wanted to buy my own place. And literally last year, I signed the papers for my own apartment. And it took me one year, which is crazy to me, that my whole life, I wanted that. I wrote it down in my life book. And one year later, I have my own place. So that was transformational.
1: I would say the gift of clarity is actually very powerful. It definitely makes sense. If I see someone like you having that clarity, why you've been able to grow so fast within the organization, because I think that's a problem with a lot of people. We don't have that clarity. And even in the way that you got that clarity about the apartment, now you within a year, once you had it, you kind of knew exactly what steps you needed to take. And you went to get it, which I think is a very powerful step to take. How did you end up being such a clear person? Like, let's go even before Mindvalley. Can you tell us a bit more about what were you doing before? I know you had this amazing app, Stemple, which you actually had an exit with. Can you tell us more about what were the things that you did before joining Mindvalley that you think really shaped you into the incredible person you are today?
0: I always knew I wanted to be a business owner. Something about business just excited me a lot. And I think it's just about having nothing and making something out of it and being completely responsible for it and growing it in any which way you want. Because it's as much effort you put in, that's as much as you're going to get out. So that magic just triggered me in some way. And I studied business management when I went to university and all that stuff. And right after university, I created a business plan and I wanted to start a company, like a fashion website, kind of like what Zalora is in Malaysia. And I wanted to start something like that. So I created a business plan and this is when I was 17. And I went from bank to bank to bank to bank. I think I went to 50 banks. Every single person, every single organization... And I got myself rejected that many times. And every single time they told me what was wrong in my proposal. And I kept refining it and I kept refining it and I kept refining it, but I still got rejected, which was fine. But that led me to meeting my ex-partner and we started Stemple together because how it started is I never needed to put any investment in. I just contributed with time. So I just signed the sweetest deal. I contributed with time. I own 25% stake in the company. I learned expertise. So I handled marketing and business development. And it was in my best interest that the company scaled because I was in majority of it while well, he was doing more the legality and partnerships and other stuff. And the company took off and I stayed with that mindset. So I already knew how to sell because I was talking to all the banks and getting myself rejected. And I knew why I was getting myself rejected. I already kind of knew how to pitch. Like I was learning that, like learning how to pitch, learning how to converse, learning how to be authoritative in the conversation. Even though I was very young, I was like in my 20s. So I was very young. So I was learning how to be firm, be clear, be authoritative in my communication. And I was signing on merchants. And again, I believe that I was helping them make their life better because, so how I would sell my pitch was so simple. It was like, you have, you're a restaurant. You have all these people coming into your restaurant and leaving every day, and you have no idea who they are. And you have to now spend to remarket to them. What a waste. I'm going to give you the golden opportunity of having this app, which helps you capture every single customer. So you can actually just talk to them, have a conversation with them, Get them to come back, tell them about your latest offers, build a relationship and build loyalty. That's the most important thing. That's the hardest thing for any business to build. And I'm going to help you do that through a very cheap solution. So how could you say no? And it just got easy. Like I was just closing clients and clients and clients and it got easy. And then we got interest from other countries. So partners that wanted to set up sample in Vietnam, Thailand, Greece. So it just started to expand. And then I had to understand localization before localization was even a thing. So how do you create, like, because we were relying on merchants to actually promote for us. We never spend money on marketing. So we would just create this like table stands and stickers and banners, and we would just give it to merchants and they were promoting it for us. So it just made our life super easy. But then we had to localize it to other languages. And that was getting a little tricky. But I think it's just about asking the right questions and just trying to get better and better every day. So there's, if you read Atomic Habits, there's one statement that I resonate with a lot. It's about getting 1% better every day. So 1% better in how you pitch, 1% better in how you solve problems, 1% better in how you ask the right questions, 1% better in how you lead. Just 1% better is so simple.
1: I absolutely love that. And such right as my, we had James Clear on the podcast. For those of you who are interested, you can always go back to one of the episodes we have with James Clear, where we go deeper into the atomic habits. And Marisha, I wanted to shift of the marketing, because you have so much knowledge and experience here in marketing and sales as well. I see them both very closely tied the way that you've been operating. And now that you're interim CMO, you've been like head of marketing at Mind Valley. you've probably found yourself having to shift more into being a leader of other people as opposed to being the direct marketer. How was that transition for you? Because I know this can be a bit of a career dilemma for a lot of people that might be so specialized in their current technical field, and that when they step into positions of leadership, there's almost like a change of job scope or some readaptation that needs to happen. What was your transition like then? And what were the things that you've really held on to that allowed you to do that smoothly?
0: Okay, I love that question. This was really, really hard for me because like I said, so before I started off in product launch, I was being led by people and had amazing leaders that were always guiding me, supporting me. And when I became the leader of marketing in general, I now have hundred people reporting to me, by the way, hundred people. And all this happened during COVID. So not only did I have to lead a hundred people at one time, I had to figure out how to do it remotely, which was, it was the hardest thing for a month. And I think it was just about putting my people first. It was really, really simple. So I'm putting my people first and I like to solve problems by asking myself questions. So I ask myself questions like, how do I want to show up? What do I like about this leader? What do I like about that leader? How do I want my team to upskill? How do I want my team to up level? So I just keep asking myself these questions. And then I realized something, there's a massive difference between being a manager and being a leader. And my fear at that time was I was trying to be a manager. I was trying to be in every conversation, making sure that they report to me. So I know exactly what's happening because I didn't want them to go off on a tangent or create something that was not pushing the company vision forward. Also, I was really worried that they wouldn't take me as their leader because there were so many people I was worried they wouldn't take me as their leader. And they'll be like, why do I want to report to her? Like, I know what I'm doing. I can just do it myself. So I have a lot of experts that report to me and I didn't believe they would take me as a leader. So that was the problem. And then what I realized is that I don't want to manage them. I really don't care. They're the expert. I just want to make their life easy. That's all I wanna do. So I just wanna make their life as easy as possible. And that's what I kept communicating to them. I was like, all I wanna do is make your life easy. The more you tell me, the more problems I can solve for you. So whether you're trying to push something forward, whether you wanna get a new tool, whether you wanna hire a new person, whatever you need, if you communicate it to me, I will make sure that it happens. That's my promise to you. And that's how I build that rapport. And now they communicate with me super well. They tell me everything their problems, their wins. They invite me to dinners. They vote for me when there's any competition. They really see me as their friend and their mentor in my one-on-ones. They really appreciate one-on-one time with me. Like if I can't make a week or something, they will reschedule it to the end of the week. Even weekends, they want to meet me. They just want to brainstorm. They just want to have a conversation because they know that I'm there. They have that trust. They know that I'm there to just make their life easier. And that's the shift.
1: That's amazing. And yes, I like these attitudes around being there to make their lives easier because the more you enable them, the more they get to make a better output. And I think there's a level of luxury that working at Valley myself, I know the type of people we get to work with. They're truly incredible, smart individuals that we get to recognize. And I don't know if, have you had any instance where you've had to deal with with let's say like a very low performing team member? And did you have any of these difficult scenarios? And were you able to either make the decision that you had to let them go? Or have you seen tools that you were able to use to get them back on track? Have you had these moments yet?
0: Yeah, I've actually had a couple of them. One of the moments that I had is one of the performers in my team. So he was basically not pulling his weight. He was making tons of mistakes. And in Mind Valley, every mistake costs just like 20 to 50 grand. It's a lot of money on the line. So I had two options. I actually spoke to HR about it and HR gave me two options. They're like, A, you fire him. Just tell him to go. You don't need to deal with this. B, you just put him under a review. So it's a performance review. You give him some time to get back on track and you guide him. And I listened to them, but I did see. I just called him into a room and I told him, I'm very disappointed. I'm trying my best here. I'm trying my best. I see so much potential in you, but you are not living up to your potential. And I'm not even worried about you in Mind Valley. I'm not worried about you hurting my revenue. I'm worried about you and your future because wherever you go from here, you're going to take this performance there and you're never going to be where you want to be. You're never going to be the person that you want to become because I know who you want to become. You want to start your own business. You want to make a dent in the universe. You want to do all these great things, but this attitude is not going to get you there. So either you shift your attitude now and I can coach you through that or you accept that whatever you want for yourself is not going to happen. It was very direct. It was very blunt. It was from a place of love because I was like, I'm really telling you this as your friend and a supporter. And I think he changed overnight. He actually started journaling and he sent me everything that he wrote down. And he was like, I'm not accepting this. I'm going to be better. And he sends me messages all the time. Now he's like, it's because of that moment that you showed me a mirror of myself. That's when I changed. And that's when it triggered me.
1: Wow. I will tip my hat to you because that's what I think is the true leadership qualities that you need to have is these courageous conversations. And I remember interviewing Lisa Nichols about that, how we're such in a politically correct environment, especially when you see a company like Mindvalley, like we're so close and we're so friendly. There's a lot of love in the air, but having these courageous conversations or crucial conversations in such an honest way. And I think the key that you said there was the intent the fact that you had an intent of caring for this person so much that when the feedback was given in such a blunt way, it was still love at the core of it. And that transformation is amazing. I think there's a lot of people that can take from what you just said. And for me, it's really that intent. When that intent is there, you get to have people do some dramatic transformations through that intervention. Marisha, this has been an overall fantastic conversation. I wanted to ask the final question, which is just, what's the things that excites you about the future? We've went through 2020, a lot of people are really looking at that as a, okay, let's write off that 2020 year. We're at the beginning of 2021 now. What are some exciting trends you're seeing perhaps in marketing within yourself, within Mindvalley? What is exciting for you in the future?
0: So in terms of marketing, I just attended Traffic and Conversion Summit that happened this week actually there's no trends in marketing. It's all the same stuff. It's all about just having a better customer experience, providing a great product. It's all about that. It's, there's nothing new in marketing. And I think what excites me about the next year is the level of scale that we're going to be having. So how we want to grow, so we want to grow 80% next year, 80%. And it's crazy. There's no other way to describe it. It's literally crazy, But I'm excited to be a part of that journey. I'm excited to be able to plan that. I'm excited to be able to put the wheels into motion and make that happen. And I really believe we can, because every time we've set an outrageous goal, we've kind of achieved it. And it's not because we've cheated because of luck or anything. It's actually very tactical. It's just how we plan. We plan backwards. I love that strategy. And I'm excited to be a part of that, a part of Mind Valley's growth, a part of reaching more customers, transforming people, really making a difference as opposed to just selling a
1: product. 100%. Marisha, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. And for those of you listening, we went through so many amazing stories and insights here from talking about marketing, the art and the science behind it. I love the fact that the science was actually described on a lot of the aspects that people think is art, but is actually very calculated. And I love how Marisha explained that it's not manipulation. It's actually just guiding people towards making decisions for their higher good. And if you're selling an excellent product and you have policies in place for people to have that refund policy, then you should be using every means possible to get more people to discover you, to purchase your products, to give it a try. Because if it truly is going to be a benefit to their lives, you should be relentless in the way that you market and you sell. I love this transition that Marisha had when it comes to becoming a leader. What were the things that you needed to change? And it's all about taking care of the people. And if you take care of the people, the people take care of the marketing, they take care of the processes and the company gets to scale and you as a leader get to be there in service to them and not managing them. And this is really the future of leadership. And she's demonstrating this in such a powerful way. The habits that you build so that you can be a top performer, a superhuman at work is thinking about those 1% improvements you can do continuously learning, continuously growing, listening to podcasts. I know if you're already listening to this, at this point of the interview, you are one of these people that is continuously growing. So continue that habit. It's such a powerful thing that allows you to scale within an organization and really reach to the top if that's your goal or become an extreme specialist if that's also your goal. And of course, when we think about the future of marketing, Marisha said it plainly, there's no trends in marketing. There's no shiny objects. They come and go, but the foundations are always the same. Treat your customers well, do the best you can. And of course, as we think of Mindvalley as an organization, we are going incredible places. It's great to be a sideline participant within this growth, but having people like Marisha in the process makes it that Valley is hitting big goals and they're doing it with a fantastic team. Marisha, this was a fantastic interview. Thank you so much for joining the show. And everybody listening, thanks for tuning in and stay superhuman. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling With Love podcast.